Hey everyone, welcome to Goody Reader Live, our end of the month show on YouTube Live exclusively. And you will actually hear the audio on this on our website in podcast form. So if you want to just listen to the audio edition, you can go to goodyreader.com and uh, look at the Goody Reader radio show and we'll summarize what we talk about today. So today on the show, we're going to talk about a few new models from Hisense, both uh, a new hi-fi music player as well as... Um, a uh, new hi-fi, or sorry, a, a, like an ebook reader that's pocket friendly. And uh, also we're going to talk about uh, new e-readers from like a new color reader from Onyx Books. And we're going to give you our thoughts and impressions on the new BigMe X6, which is um, probably one of the only high-spec readers out there with both a front-lit display and a color temperature screen. <laughs> in addition to having the best hardware in its class, like outclassing even Onyx and with its Lumi 2. Yes, indeed. So where do you want to start? Let's start with why everyone is freaking out in the world right now, and that is the Nova Air C. There was a little bit of discussion as to what was happening with the... Nova 3 color, not that it was discontinued and not that it is. There was just some delays, some, you know, chatter online. And lo and behold, they just completely dropped out of the blue a uh, Nova Air C dual um, promotional video campaign. Um, we uh, obviously talked to um, Onyx and said, hey, can we, you know, utilize these videos? And uh, we had our YouTube production department put them up. Buzz was huge, really good engagement. Um, it is a uh, it's a nice looking unit, and it is the latest possible technology of color e ink, and it seems to be hitting all the right marks. And remember, we're still sitting at Onyx as being the only company with Google Play that is stable to any degree, basically. Uh, excellent. I uh, just say your message yes. you want to look at. Um, so yeah, I oh. mean, there's the yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening with like the e-reader <laughs> supply chain uh, right now, and it's creating delays with manufacturing and everything like that all over the place. So uh, yeah, at most you know, there's a lot of e-readers out there that are sold out right now. They're traditionally always in stock. So yeah. I mean, even the big boys are are having like supply chains like issues. Yeah, just about everyone is having uh, supply supply chain issues. Uh, what had happened is um, China had a coronavirus um, just surge, and it was to the point where literally all logistics in the entire country and Hong Kong stopped. Anything that wasn't essential, so like medical supplies, humanitarian stuff, like uh, you know, food stopped for six days straight so you can imagine the largest logistic export network on earth stopping so that means your phones your your shirts your shoes everything was stopped and what that meant was literally everyone felt the 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 issues with um this because dhl wasn't moving and dhl is the absolute zenith of the, the pinnacle of shipping logistics, they will they will ship anywhere. GHL and they weren't moving. 
And that put a lot of people freaking out because when your stuff's not moving for six straight days, uh, our stuff as well, all the incoming things, all of our inventory for all of our five locations, all the things we needed for review samples, there's some huge delays in the industry. Yeah, it's not only that, it's, it's you know, one of the interesting things about us running our own store, both the Shopify store at goodyreadersstore.com and our main store at goodyreader.com slash blog slash shop is that we you know we have like 20 or 30 we're authorized dealers for these companies and yeah. a lot of the times you know we place orders of like 50 units 100 units and so we're we're a little bit more privy to supply chain issues because we participate in it we've always had like a passing interest in in supply uh you know restraints epd shortages uh, you know, factories being closed, new initiatives and things like that. But we, we have a greater understanding of the e-reader supply chain uh, conundrum primarily because we, we are participants. So, you know, when we yeah. order 50 units from Onyx or 100 units from Big Me and it's like they give us tracking, but you know, DHL actually hasn't picked it up in like a week, That's you right. know? So it's like, yeah. it, as a customer, if you get tracking and it's like, oh, a label's been generated, but nothing's been shipped yet. Are these guys just slacking or no, it's, it's, it's primarily because of like the supply chain issues, like primarily because China is where all e-reader manufacturing is done. Like Kindle goes with Foxconn. Foxconn is based in China. You know, Nook, Kobo, and all those brands, you know, they're based in Taiwan, but a lot of the components that they use in uh, e-reader assembly are made in China. And so if they can't get it. from China to Taiwan, then an e-reader can't be constructed properly. And for e-readers yeah. that are developed uh manufactured and then sold and then shipped from china those that situation is like even like more delicate so yeah when there's when there's things going on i mean it, it's all because of covid basically a resurgence of covid and uh being like a totalitarian state um you know if they want to close down all subways they can do it if they want to close all buses right. they can do it if they want mandatory testing in order to even leave your apartment to go get groceries you have to go get tested you know so it's yeah. a little bit different than in north america where i don't feel like wearing a mask it, it violates my human rights and so you don't have to right. like wear a mask unless you go into a place that is pretty well like a private business that's saying like you know if you want to come in here you have to wear a mask or prove right. your vaccination and some people are just that you know this this, this violates there. our constitutional rights like in canada like a, like about a month ago we had like a big um you know thing that made all the news from all the places about uh truckers in canada protesting like in ottawa about wanting to impeach like the the prime minister from for doing vaccination and like you know to do you know to have pharmacies do it and stuff they're like we shouldn't have to get vaccinated or we shouldn't have to wear masks and we should repeal all of this stuff because it violates our rights and it's like <laughs> you don't even know rights you know what i mean like <laughs> you know you you've lived in a country that's like totally free and it everything like that and you know you don't know how the other side like lives where every move that you make is like caught on like cctv like cameras and social credits scores and stuff like that if you hang around with like undesirable people it's like your credit score goes down you know it's 
a little bit delicate. Yeah. So let yeah, definitely can. Let's mess your life up. Let's talk about e-readers. That's why we're all here. That's why Peter and I are on this show, and you, the lovely viewer or listener, is um, checking it out. So the first major announcement. We have to get into this right away. The Onyx Book Nova C, or the the Onyx Book Nova Air Color. Um, this is a brand new device. Our review unit is incoming, but we know about all the specs and everything like that uh, right now. So why don't you tell the people about this? No. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really nice unit. Um, it's also replacing... It has been confirmed finally that it is replacing the Nova 3 color. Yes. So um, there won't be any more need for the Nova 3 color. Uh, it is... They haven't officially announced it as discontinued. And, you know, a lot of these companies keep things around. Pocketbook kept the Aqua around, even though 60% of their lineup was all IPX8 certified, a.k.a aqua protected but they still had the aqua so it might still have some stragglers as they get rid of old inventory much like boyu has done much like sony has done everyone does that it's it's non-wasteful so that's why it, that happens um but yeah it's moving forward with that um it's supposed to have a bunch of new things that even i can't touch on yet because me and the people at the office haven't even done our review yet um, there was actually a bunch of terminologies surrounding it. Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll tell you how it usually happens is we get a review sample and there's like a little, uh, here's one from Fujitsu, for example. So Quaderno sends us stuff like that and they give us a little press package and they say, this is what our device is all about. This is what the terminology means. This is what, you know, uh, e-ink Carta 1250, 1200 means. It's all that kind of stuff. So we go through the package, a little table read, and we're like, oh, yeah, okay, this is this. So there's some stuff It's like uh, there was like one touch or on touch something or other. On cell touch. That one, yeah. So, like, I can't talk on that right now because I don't know anything in a personal... Like, we we review things. We have it in our hands. Uh, we test it out. We're like, oh, that's what it does. You know, we can talk about numbers and specs all day, but um, we haven't gotten our review sample yet because it, it came out, what, like, you know, 36 hours ago, this announcement. So, it's not even technically... None of the packages are even moving yet. We haven't got our... Like Mike said, we haven't got a review sample. Uh, our Chicago location, our Vancouver location haven't got their... You know, we usually get, like, a a couple boxes of 30 or 60 units of pop just to make sure we're all kind of stocked up. Um, ha haven't, haven't really got anything yet, but it's looking super, super nice. It still exists around the $400 price point with Google Play, with Color, with Glowlight, with Wacom. There's nothing it doesn't have. The only thing it's lacking as a general consensus in the community is a large screen. And that's why people were th thinking for like a split second of, a split second of watching the um, uh, promo, the preview, was that, oh, it's the air, is it going to be 10.3? Oh, no, it's 7.8. So, little bit of a letdown that it wasn't a 10.3, seeing as Linfini has 10.3 shells. Um, uh, companies like Big Me released one, two, three, three, four 10.3-inch shells. So, it's like... There's not too much of an excuse right now not to release a 10.3 color. They've been around since December 2020. So... We could see something, we don't know, but the, for now, the air color exists in its 7.8 form factor, but it's looking really mad. 
Uh, yeah. So if you guys like want a sense of like what this like brings to the table, uh, it's like four hundred and nineteen dollars. Uh, it comes with a free sleeve case, um, and it has like a screen protector installed, like at the factory. Uh, it's basically like a seven point eight inch like unit, uh, card HD and Cleto Plus. So it's a three hundred PPI for the black and white display, and the color color resolution is about a hundred PPI. Um, so it has amber LED lights, which is with the Nova three color, it didn't have amber LED lights and only had a frontlit display. So now this like has a color temperature system. Um, so what is the main difference between this and like the Nova three color? That's, that's probably why everyone wants to know. Uh, so the Nova air color has a 30% better contrast and 15% better uh, color saturation color saturation even with the lights off um so it's like you know significantly better than the the the, the nova 3 color uh this also runs a higher version of android google android 11 versus android 10 uh which is you know critical for supporting the latest generation of apps but also uh security updates it's also using a faster snapdragon processor this is using the 662 and i believe that the, the nova 3 color had like a 336 or something like a 636 so uh you know faster processor most of the other stuff is like relatively the same in terms of versus the nova 3 color so it there there's a, a significant spec like bump but yeah this isn't using like new e-ink like kaleido technology this is still using kaleido plus or kaleido plus so it's not using any new type of color e-paper what i really think that onyx did is is control some of the the um the stuff like on a software level where Big Me sort of did the same thing. They sort of enhanced the color performance on the software level. So they were able to solve some of the limitations and things like that. So, well, they did a little bit of hardware on their um, behalf to, to speak on their behalf because they're the only company to date to crack the 100 PPI um, sector into 127 PPI color. Yeah, so they did that. No, they no did that. With, they did that. that with software. So they 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 managed to do that with software, not hardware, because um, you can't really do too much with the color filter array, which is just basically like a sheet that covers like the e-ink display. It's it's nothing really like exciting, you know. Doing teardowns of like the of Kaleido one, it's just basically a film. Uh, that's like on the screen and that's responsible for like the color. So you can't really do anything like manufacturers and hardware vendors like Audix. They can, there's only, you can't do anything with that, but you can control it with software. If like you have like a good engineering team or a programming team that basically understands it. And I know E-Ink has written white papers on how this technology works, but they haven't released it to the public. They only do it for like OEMs or like bigger customers that have a track record of like releasing like new products and stuff like that. So, um, you know, the jury's still out. Is this like a, a must buy? If you have a Nova three color, is it worth upgrading? Uh, if you have a first generation Kaleido one display, yeah, you want to upgrade to like Kaleido two, but don't forget, uh, there is like a new Kaleido technology that's like coming out and we'll see products at the end of the year uh, who are going to be doing things with it. Uh, I have a feeling it should be announced in May. So, like, 
two months from now or yeah um something like that like it may may like sort of early may at sid display week i have a from what i'm told that's when the new Kaleido like three or Kale you know Kaleido pro or whatever the the the, the naming convention is going to be so that's the story with that uh, uh, Ian doesn't even seem to have a uh, handle on the naming, um, official trademark to naming. I remember when we went to the, a couple trade shows in Tokyo, they were like, this is Kaleido 2, this is 2.5, this is 3. And then they're like, okay, scrap all that, this is Kaleido Plus. And then it's like, okay, well, wh what do you want us to say here? Because we have to have, like a lot of the times, this knowledge isn't generally known by everyone. So like we control the narrative as to what we need to tell people and we want to tell people the right thing so they're saying right now they've just scrapped all the 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 prefixes and it's just kaleido uh, suffixes and it's kaleido plus so that's officially what's going on right now you can call it kaleido 2 but 2.5 is just something like in the um uh, prototypes at trade shows it didn't really ever kind of catch on as mike said there's no difference in you know it's just software upgrades there's no actual physical difference between this so there's no you know massive difference between 2 and 2.5 but one of the things you have to know about e-readers is that generally 90% of e-reader manufacturers you can't upgrade android we've seen it time and time and time again you can't upgrade android like you can on a smartphone so that's why onyx was kind of forced to release the air 2 versus the air 1 because that's the only way to get into a bigger version of Android. Boy, you did it too. They were rocking, you know, 5.6, and then they went up to 8.1, and then they went up to 9. Typically, you can't update your e-reader with Android. It's a, it's a uh, like, convoluted, like, the way that on it, like, that boy you did yeah. it was that you have to first download, like, the firmware image. You need to install like install like a custom PC installer. It wasn't even available from right, from right Mac. There what you're, uh, yeah, you had to read like a like a a nineteen page fac just to do it. And if you didn't follow it exactly, <laughs> you can brick your unit. So th this That's this this thing, is yeah. why like a lot of units don't like companies don't upgrade Android like That's over exactly the air it. because it's 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 almost impossible with e-readers. It's impossible with, with a phone. It says. You know, hey, Android 11's ready. Do you want to install? Make sure you're connected to Wi-Fi. Don't turn your device off. With e-readers, it's easier to release the same thing and just put it out there. So the Air 1 and the Air 2 are the same. And then what they did was, you know what? Since we're re-releasing it, let's include more storage. Let's include more this, include more that. So that's their opportunity to boost it up. So where a lot of you might see it as cheap and kind of shady that they're re-releasing something that has already been released, it's actually not as easy as you're making it out. And remember, even companies as big as Amazon and Kobo do this too. They just re-release things using the same shell, the same body with minimal upgrades. So it's an industry-wide thing. It's not just onyx and it's not just e-readers in general but this air c looks great and yeah we're excited to have it in our hands uh yeah i mean it, it's 7.8 so it's like not like a giant slab that you're afraid to take out um this would be like an easy thing to just throw in a sleeve and put in your bag or your purse or your like backpack and like you know bring it out to like read at appointments or something like that you know it's 400 is not really breaking the bank it's not like ipad type of money or something like that so yeah i mean easy on the eyes and uh color 
you know, it's sort of using the latest uh, tech. So uh, yeah, we're going to be reviewing it soon. So you'll get a, a sense on our unboxing and our full comprehensive re like review of it. So you'll on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see that. And then we'll also do like a written review, like on our website. So you can kind of, if you're more into linguistic prose, you can do that. So spinning uh, a little bit in a different direction, is the Kobo Forma going to be discontinued? There, mm. There is some things happening right now with the Forma that leads me to believe it will. So... There, it's also three years old, isn't it? 2019? 18. 18? Jeez. There you go. Yeah. So, Kobo. Ah, yeah. The Oasis 2 was 17. Forma was 18. Oasis 3 re release was 19. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, got it. If, like, they're no longer marketing the Kobo Forma, um, they, so it, Kobo has like an Amazon page where you can go to like their Amazon page and they list the models that they sell as well as some hyping factors. It's all sort of image based. It, it looks really good. You can tell Kobo put a, like a lot of thought and effort into it. And, um, but the, the format isn't listed there anymore. You have to actually manually search Amazon to even find a listing for it. And, they only have the eight gig model available, not the thirty-two. Oh, that's been slowly pulled out of a couple markets here and there over the past twelve yeah. months. Yeah, interesting. When you visit the main Kobo website and you select apps and e-readers, no matter what country you're in, the Forma doesn't show up. It lists the Nia, the Claire HD, the Libra yeah. Two, Sage, and Ellipsa. They are not, you know, there's no mention of the Forma. Uh, the Forma is actually, you know, again, 32 gigs out of stock. You have to manually search for it on the Kobo website. Uh, there's actually a sale on it right now, which leads me to believe that they're just trying to get rid of however many models that they have left. So <laughs> someone just said, unfortunately, I got the Forma. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, oh, no. it's $40. You, it's $40 off both in Canada and the US, uh, but only on the Kobo website. Uh, what yeah. is interesting about the Forma is that, you know, you, you know, Kobo relies on distribution partners. You know, they, they sell things on their own website, but they want to go where the readers are and they tend to sell their e-readers in bookstores. <laughs> so yeah. the Forma is not even listed on Chapters Indigo anymore, the largest bookstore mm -hmm. in Canada. Uh, Walmart is their official partner in the, in the United States. The Forma e-reader is no longer available or any of the accessories. Uh, Funak, FNAC, however you pronounce it, uh, is their primary distributor in France. Also has the Forma listed, but it's been sold out for at least six months. Uh, wow. Booktopia, their official partner in Australia, has zero listings for the Forma and ditto with the accessories. So, you know, all of Kobo's major distribution partners in all of the major, you know, G7 countries, you can't buy it anymore. And Oh, that's true. Now that you say that, uh, when we looked at it, uh, actually, on my coffee break, I looked at an electronics store, and uh, they pulled the Forma as well. They had a Clara and a Nia on the little booth, and there was no more Forma there. Oh, so what's yeah. what's the deal with the Forma? Like, why is it in stock? Why is Kobo no longer marketing it? Well, it's because uh, basically the Sage has eclipsed it as the new premium e-reader. The, the Forma used to be when it came out in 2018, it was the largest screen that Kobo 
made. Uh, it had it, it features like Dropbox. Uh, it had an eight gig and thirteen. Uh, eight, they had an eight gig and thirty two gig variant. Uh, so you know, people who wanted more storage for PDF files or had a large ebook collection or people that, you know, had a lot of ebooks on Dropbox and they wanted to directly access that on an e-reader. You know, the Forma at the time was the only way to sort of do that. But in 2021, Kobo, you know, unveiled, first of all, the Ellipsa, their first 10.3 inch device. So if you want a large screen, you buy the Ellipsa. But the Sage, it has basically the same size screen as this uh, Forma, but it has so much more going for it. For one, it's using the new E-Encarta 1200 display tech, mm. uh, which basically delivers a 20% increase in response time and um, about a 15% contrast ratio. You know, in addition, um, you know, smoother handwriting and animations display. There, There's a, you know, it has a quad core processor, whereas the Forma only had a single core. You, you know, the RAM, uh, on the, the Sage, uh, is, is better. The processor is better. Internal store, you know, internal specs is better. So, you know, all, obviously the Sage destroys the Forma, uh, not to mention audiobooks. You know, the Sage has Bluetooth so you could buy and read and listen to audiobooks read on, the, on the Sage, but the Forma didn't have Bluetooth. So, there's no way that well, you... Well, also, note-taking. <laughs> you failed to mention that. Yeah. They have note-taking on the Sage, which they utilize their own uh, pen, their own proprietary active capacitive pen, where you can take notes on it. And you obviously weren't able to do that on any Amazon, Kobo, or Barnes & Noble prior to the Ellipsa Sage generation. So uh, it really is just, you know, over clouding the, the the purpose of a forma anymore yeah exactly well with the sage it doesn't come with a stylus you have to buy that extra so for people that want to do like note taking that want to annotate ebooks or pdf files or just a freehand draw if they wanted to you have to sort of like spend i think it's like 49 bucks or so um you know to buy the the the, you know, the Kobo stylus or the Kobo pen or however they're marketing it. I don't know. But, you know, you have to sort of spend that extra money and you can buy it individually as well as the nib replacement nibs. So you can generally find those on Kobo's website. But I've noticed on Kobo's retailers, they tend not to uh, offer this Kobo stylus or the pen like replacement nibs on like, you know, their official things like you can't do that on Amazon. Uh, on the main Kobo yeah. website, you can, but I looked at Chapters Indigo and they had like no listings for replacement nibs, you know, for instance. So harder to get. And so know that if you want to get the the Sage with the intention of getting a digital note-taking device, I'd stock up on nibs if you can find them because they're hard to find. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, so, you know, you may be like, Mike, is... Kobo just going to do the Forma too? I don't think so. I think they're going to kill it. Um, it they have too many SKUs like in their in their portfolio right now. They have the Nia, Clara, Libra two, Sage, Ellipsa. That's five. Um, they don't need another one. They don't need a six. Just just doesn't. They don't need a six, and they don't need something that is worse 
or as under is less performing than the sage when the sage exists because if you need something that's a little bit stepped down from the sage you have the libra too if you need something bigger you have the ellipsa if you just want to swipe all that away and go with an e-reader you have the clara oh i want something even kind of lower you have the nia there's no room for the forma anymore. It, there's no place for it to sit. Yeah, it, it, I think it was just a one and done. It was just like, you know, it, at one time it was the premium, you know, most expensive device. And now it's been just replaced by the Sage. So, yeah, I have a feeling that Kobo is going to kill it. it you got to think about from a retail perspective. If you want to stock up on Kobo units... Would you rather invest in five or six? Right. I'd rather buy buying stock just like five units. It's it just makes like a lot more sense. Right. Well, Kobo's still doing very well, and they still have a lot of stuff under their belts. So don't think of this as as the end in any way. They're still very much kings of their own in their own regard. Okay, let's talk about Hisense. Uh, Hi yeah. So Hisense is a company that you may know that makes TVs and uh, all sorts of consumer electronics. They're, you know, you'd be hard pressed not to go into in a, like a big box retailer like uh, Best Buy or like, you know, Walmart or something like that and, and not see some Hisense products. So Hisense makes e-ink devices, but they primarily make them and, and market them towards the Chinese market, which you may think, you know, look, you know, what's, what do I care about a, a Chinese device? Well, they support mul multiple languages, including English. So, you know, we have like distribution deal with Hisense. So we have them like on our site. So you can actually, you know, buy, say the Hisense Touch, which is the only e-ink based hi-fi music player, which yeah. basically has speakers, a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. It It's basically, if you want, something that's like you know five eight five inch display that you can listen to all your flax or to your like your uh spatical audio yeah, music that. with like apple music if you have that and you want to listen to spatical audio or like dolby like audio uh plug into 3.5 millimeter <laughs> headphone jack and this device will last you battery charge a month whereas like if you have like an Android device or like an iOS type of device, you know, good luck yeah. with more than two or three days max of using it and you'd be out of juice. Traditionally, you have to charge it every day. So uh, Hisense released a special edition of their Hisense Touch Hi-Fi music player. It's called the, the Hisense Touch uh, Museum Edition. And yeah. you actually did an unboxing of this. Yeah, we had a uh, packet in a, you know, we have um, incoming mail to all of our locations. Um, primarily the samples are sent to our Japan office because that's where we conduct the reviews. And uh, we had a big box from Hisense. So we're like, oh man, this is going to be huge. What is this? Like a 13.3? Because uh, it was a huge box. It was like a gigantic, huge, decorative, ornate box. And uh, we, uh, we read up on, you know, like I was saying, the little folder thing where they say, and they say, hey, Goody Reader, thanks for the continued support over the years, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we'd like to present you with the Hyacinth Museum Edition. I was like, what the heck is this? That's crazy. And um, inside there was like a, 
a, a, a crane embossed embroidered leather ledger with like a um uh, an ornate gold plated chain bookmark and a high sense touch card and like all this stuff sticker packs. Um, they teamed up with the Xi'an Museum, sorry pronunciation, in China, which is like a, a super highly accredited uh, museum. It's the highest rank of their own um, internal ranking system. And um, it's really nice. The device itself is the same, but you get an all-new case, really high-quality case with like a suede insert. It's not going to scratch your unit. So Everything's laser they're time. seeing this like as you're talking right now. So um... Yeah, I know. That's why I'm I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's in. Oh, you mean you're you're showing them a screenshot? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. It was a very nice kind of refresh. The device model is the exact same. It's the high sense touch, but it's like when you have a special edition or when they include a free case, like the the pocketbook. Uh, Touch HD3 Special Edition, the Onyx Books, Poke Special Edition. They do certain things. Onyx Books changed, you know, the color of the plastic shell. In this case, Hisense gave you all this stuff that is um, from the uh, very famous museum over in mainland China. And the good thing is, is that it's all kind of just, it's not like, you know, restricted to Chinese audience because the ledger is empty you can write anything you want there's cornell notes there's meeting notes there's scheduling uh the bookmark is just a bookmark uh the stickers are just stickers the case is beautiful so it's open to everybody it's a very nice um it's a very nice set and they they wanted to actually release through us so we're now selling it and um it probably you know what after 12 years of reviewing i'm just gonna say this is the best looking retail packaging we've ever seen it was phenomenal you can watch our unboxing we're just like this is some nice stuff and it's only i think 20 or 30 dollars more than the uh the uh the base model it's really nice really nice unit very surprised and uh, actually mike and his team launched the news that high smart reader i think is releasing which is a 6.7 kind of akin to the a7 a7 cc Yes, so um, Hisense is going to be releasing, it's not out yet, it's called the High Reader, which is basically a form factor as a phone, but it's actually a 6.7 inch dedicated e-reader. So it's like a, a very impressive screen to body ratio. There's hardly any bezel on the sides or the top. There's a little bit of a bezel on the bottom, but that's just because so more all the, the internal components is. But yeah, it's like 84% uh, screen to body ratio, 300 PPI, uh, 36 like LED lights. So uh, a frontlet display, a color temperature system. Uh, Octa-core processor, 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of internal storage, uh, Android 10. Uh, so not sure if it's running 11. You know, this is just like preliminary specs. It, it could upon upon launch. We never know. It could change. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to retail for like a little over $300. Uh, but it's also running English and everything like that. So we're going to be getting a sample of this. But... You know, what? one thing I kind of dig about Hisense is that this is the first dedicated book reader that they've ever released, which is interesting because they've only really done smartphones, which have, you know, an ebook reader app on it. But 
preliminary it was it was yeah it was made just for as like a smartphone and reading books as like a secondary function and one of the things about buying sort of like a smartphone from high sense especially their latest generation the a7cc and the a7 uh they support 5g but they don't support 5g networks in every country with every carrier it's only like in the uk i think um Verizon and Vodafone, they don't support, but all the other ones they do. Uh, in Canada, I think they support all the major carriers here. But, you know, if you live in Iceland or if you live in South Africa or Egypt, you know, United Arab Emirates, you know, Singapore, you know, your mileage may vary. So spending that much money for a high sense phone where you may not even be able to take advantage of the 5G network. It's the long shot. Whereas with a high sense ebook reader without the phone, which makes it even lighter, that's yeah. a compelling value proposition because it's like, you know, it's much easier to carry like th- something like this. It's actually to be the same size as like the iPhone uh, 12 Pro Max, you know, basically like a six six point eight inch screen. So it'd be like the same size as this, but you know with this this is pocket friendly you can throw this like easily anywhere that you you want it's it's portable so if you want to carry around your dedicated phone to like you know text and whatsapp and to use wechat and all of like all the all the communication elements you'd use on a phone but the one thing about your phone is that when you're reading it at night you're basically staying up longer you're going to sleep later, you know, um, it's because of like the, you know, the blue light from like devices like this, whereas with an E8 display, there's no blue light. So if you want to use this at night or to read like out in the bright outdoors, you know, you're going to the beach, you're going to, I mean, it's springtime like pretty well. So it's like people are spending more time outdoors now during light. If you're reading on your phone in direct light, good luck about, you know, basically not getting glare, you know, whereas with an e-ink display, it's, it's absorbs light. It doesn't reflect light. So that's one of the big things. So, uh, again, jury's still out, just like, uh, the Onyx book Nova Air C. We don't have a review sample yet. And this is a pre-order basically. So we haven't even listed in our site yet because we don't know how much like, you know, we don't know the prices, the official prices yet. We don't know what high, you know, what high sense will do for, you know, you have to buy 10 of these or a hundred of these to, you know, to get the dealer discount. So we'll know more in time. So once you're on our YouTube channel, you've seen unboxing of this, you know, generally we'll have a product listing and ready to go live. That's right. We will be the first to tell you about all that. Um, E-Ink released some new tech called Gallery Plus. Oh. So uh, E-Ink Gallery is something that most users will not have experience with with their consumer electronics. You know, your, your E-Ink display is usually running Carta, anything made in like the last five or six years, generally Carta, Carta HD, or the new gen that's running like a color display. So 
E-Ink has sort of been doing like digital signage for a number of years. You probably have noticed like in your local grocery store that in a lot of markets, they're now using like E-Ink like tags for prices because it's a lot easier to have like digital price tags where like you update the prices like on a computer you know uh we're running a sale this week it's 249 so whether that's rather than send like bernard this you know the 16 year old like stock boy to like manually change like a hundred price tags or to like dude a hundred you know how many price tags you have to pull the little plastic thing take it out go to your little fanny pack and be like oh which one was it again is it 298 or 297 and do that prospectively tens of thousands of times through a superstore walmart or like you know uh costco target jeez it's, I'm not saying technology is the answer for everything, but that it is. Just go to your store next time you're looking for pasta sauce. And just step back. What did I say that they were using? Uh, advanced color e-paper. So basically the contrast ratio has increased by 40%. And it's, you know, 13-inch, 25-inch, 28-inch screens. It's, you know, it's basically the colors look deeper and more richer this is the type of thing that you would want to see so how where is gallery used what, you know I, 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 you know where would you see it well various places cafes uh, are using for them for their digital menu boards so you know think about when you go to like um a mcdonald's you know now almost every mcdonald's has like the menus that are digital well a lot of places um specifically in Asia, uh, but in Europe too, they're using more e-ink based stuff because they're, you don't really see the e-ink refresh rates happen because they're static menus. So think about like a coffee and breakfast place or a dessert place or, you know, some type of place where like, you know, like a cafe where they serve like espressos and, and cappuccinos and, you know, they list prices and they have like a limited menu. That's the yeah. type of thing where like you would say buy a 28 inch display that uses Ian Carta. Uh, you know, this is the type of thing that actually would look pretty sick, like in one of our backgrounds, like, having like a goody reader type of thing and talking about, you know, with links to our, like our channels and stuff like that, that would actually be pretty awesome. Um, so basically it, it's used like via software. So you would use it like, um, so E-Ink doesn't sell this directly. So they go through sort of like authorized resellers. So they generally provide like, you know, software where like you would upload like, uh, an image file too. And then whenever it's like on that image file. Um, so basically these um, like sandwich boards or digital menus, uh, they're connected usually by Wi-Fi. And they generally have, because they're only basically showing a static image, you basically only have to like recharge it like once a year, like if that. Um, and it's just like, you know, there's like a USB port on the side and just, you know, one night when you close, you just like charge it like all night by just like taping like a, you know, like a wall charger thing to the wall and you come in the next thing and you don't have to change it for like another year. So that's the big thing. So yeah, the control what's on it is generally like P2 
PC or Mac software, you know, you just like upload it and then whatever you upload is just shown on the screen. So the one drawback about e-ink advanced color e-paper and why we haven't actually seen that, because like it basically it displays like, I don't know, something like 40,000 different colors, whereas like e-ink Kaleido displays 4,000 colors. So at the very advent of e-ink color, you know, advanced color e-paper, people are like, yo, why isn't this in an e-reader? I mean, it displays so many colors. It's because of the refresh issues. Like when we shot the video of us in being in uh, Japan and actually doing hands-on with it, when it refreshed, dude, the refresh was horrible. Teleoribla. It's it's called, uh, I think, dithering. It, it like, it, it wipes away on the screen color by color by color layer by layer and then it just like starts flashing and then you get this like uh interlace kind of mess of lines and then it just does this final flash and it's gone and then it slowly shows up you, you'll be able to see it if you go to our channel uh, we did a 32 inch review when we did uh the same meeting with e-ink and sony when we looked at the this, the color panels they had a a sample of that there um but uh yeah wasn't that great but man does it last forever and it looks like perfect forever you know yeah really so the, the the main benefits about advanced color e-paper is that you always want one static image on it you don't want right. you know you don't want like to change the image because the no. user experience is like sucks and that's like you know <laughs> if you want like a digital menu and you have an extensive menu you can just do what mcdonald's does about having just like lcd like you know displays that stretch like from like yeah. display to display so you don't really see how there's three different displays on the wall everything just sort of like merges like into one so if you have like an extensive menu yeah obviously you need like an lcd display but if you want something that's like color e-ink that has no glare or reflection it's just like a, a dipped bezel like a type of thing like the the sunken screen and bezel type of thing where there's no layer of glass on it so there's no way right. that like your overhead lights from your cafe would shine on it and a few skates like the image so you know why has this been used like in e-readers well it's they haven't got it to work with e-ink like refresh like technology um more importantly e-ink has like a, a display like technology bridge between the screen and the refresh system it's called a waveform controller and they traditionally have been using e-ink regal and regal is their proprietary in-house created waveform controller that controls the refresh rate. So it like that's why older technology like um Kindles from like 10 years ago, there's a lot of ghosting. You know, page turns yeah. not smooth at all. There was a lot of flashing every time you turned a page, like the whole screen flashed. I think for most of us that have been following e for e-readers all the time, you know what the full e-ink page refresh looks like or what ghosting looks like. It sucks, but then that's what Regal has done. It re Regal's basically eliminated ghosting, eliminated full page refreshes. Like I know with modern Kindles, you can turn, you can read whole books and not have the screen refresh once because everything yeah. is like pre-buffered, like with like Regal. So that's why they haven't been able to adopt advanced color e-paper in e-readers because they have not been able to get it 
to work compatible with waveform controllers. So right. it's for, you know, this E-Ink Gallery Plus technology looks really great. I mean, visually, it's stunning. You can actually go to like our website right now, goodyreader.com slash blog. And we have it like on, right on our like front page of the website. I think it's like the third from like the bottom. Um, so spinning like uh, onto another topic, Peter, you know, you, you and I are pretty familiar with a brand uh, called Supernote, right? I have no idea who they are. Yeah, yeah, Supernote, yeah. So they've released the, the A5 and A6 a couple of years ago. And yeah. I think like last year released the A5X and A6X, yeah. which is the second generation model. Uh, they're similar in, in terms of a writing experience. Very, they're, they're identical, very, effectively. They, just, they wanted to throw something out there and they didn't have any capital to make something new. They just used the exact same thing and just put out the same body same pens everything like that yeah but you know yeah. from like an, a drawing experience like the type of you know it's basically a digital note-taking device for those of you yeah. that are not familiar with supernote uh they are half based in japan and half based in china so they they kind of like split double duty between those two countries um but the the drawing experience with the stylus they have like a line of digital stationery so they have all sorts of pens that are made of like high grade like metals and stuff like that right. like eight or nine different like color schemes and stuff they even like have uh, styluses with like polka dots on them like they they're very right. cool but the, their pens only are compatible with their models but um their drawing experience <clears throat> in terms of like similar features very similar to the remarkable line of tablets in the respects that you have layers that you can create yeah. that you have sensitivity with the pens erasers you know you have a lot more drawing options and things for advanced like schematics or uh people who need something with like ocr or they need to be able to uh, make character art, environmental art. If you like follow the Supernote account on Twitter, there's all sorts of like really cool art that people are making. Everything from like manga to like really, really nice environmental art where like you can see tufts of grass and like clouds like look really nice like yeah. i'm not i'm more of like a technical artist i'm not really like a, a fine artist so i can't really do things like that uh but if you are a fan of supernote or if you have a supernote they are going to be developing some very exciting things in 2022 they are going to be releasing an app store for users uh this will be out in the next three months or so so you'll be able to download and install apps on your a5x or a6x and they're trying to make it backward compatible for the a5 and a6 as well which is their mm -hmm. i believe 7.8 and 10.3 inch devices so uh a5 is you know an a5 piece of paper a6 a6 type of paper so um you'll also be able to sideload in your own apps so if you don't have your favorite app on the Supernote store, you can sideload it, which is something that you can't do now. Um, we don't know if Supernote is going to be developing their own app store, whether they'll be licensing it from like a third party or they'll be using something like Amazon. We really don't know. Right. Uh, they did a leaked roadmap that I saw that was posted on this like site that I've never heard of before. But there are, it also, uh, it gave like, on this roadmap, it actually said, it labeled each thing from like 
note-taking to calendar to new features and this and that and I actually showed how far away they are from finishing this specific feature so they'll also be releasing support for third-party cloud storage such as Google Drive and Microsoft OneDrive so you'll be able to store and save files right to cloud storage from your Supernote, but you'll also be able to import them as well. Uh, they're working on an OCR program, offline, real-time, like pen recognition, handwriting to text in various language, and lots of changes to the calendar. Uh, the main drawing app is one of the most advanced in the industry, and they should be more paintbrushes, fountain pens, and better anti-aliasing. PDF files will also be more responsive to pinching and zooming. This is in addition to multi-page templates. So right now they generally have just one page templates, like a college rules background. They'll be able to like support like a two page spread, like on your, say on your 10 inch tablet, you'll have, you know, one page taken up one half of the screen, the other half of the page covering the next page of the screen. Uh, that's actually very interesting. So, uh, you know, they're working on email sharing, uh, a better eraser support with gestures. Um, so, the, yeah, they're working on all sorts of exciting things. Those are the most notable, though. You know, yeah. um, the A5X and A6X was using sort of Android as they were using an Android derivative. Uh, basically, they, they called it Chauvet, but it was basically just basically a skin version of Android. So that's basically how they're able to create an app store on their latest generation devices. So um, right. it'll be interesting to see how they do that, like, um, and what the execution is. It's not a household name. You know, more people have heard of Remarkable uh, than them. So, uh, right. Peter, to finalize you know what's on the show today tell me your thoughts about the big me x6 the big me x6 um absolute giant in both stature specs and just presence um it, it, it's it's a monster it is 13.3 and it's a brand new device it's not carried over from anything they made it in-house they make these devices big me seems Im impervious to any issues in logistics or manufacturing i don't know how they're doing it but they have the most devices in their lineup than any other manufacturer period they have 14 units that they are selling total it is insanity they have the most color they have the highest specs basically six by 128 right now the first number being the ram and the second number being the storage size that's kind of um how you label things so like smaller devices will be like four by 64 four gigs of ram 64 gigs of storage they also have so many variations of everything their devices have 4g on them their devices have sd cards on them they have three four color devices right now and they're all 10.3s they have seven color devices total if you count the 7.8s as well they have a fighter brand called goyu or smartbook that has four devices in it alone they're, they're insane big me again they're not paying us to do this we have distribution with them we meaning we can sell their products but they don't sponsor us we're not sponsored by anybody right now um yeah the x6 is huge it is so fast the latency is really low which means there's no delay it it, it is it is a beefy unit too up until now we've seen very flimsy 13.3s the the paper the sony the fujitsu and even the the onyx is very light you know what i mean this one's 
heavy. It's not like, oh my god, I can't hold it. Not at all. But it's definitely a tightly built unit. It is so well made. The screen doesn't flex. It's not peeling off. It's it's structurally sound. The pen is beautiful. It has an optional charge to do like you know, manual page turns anywhere you are. You can set your device up at a table and just be like page turn, page turn, oh, back, back, like that. It, it comes with with its own remote, basically, inside the pen. And it, you, it's Wacom. You can use any pen on the market. There's really nothing it can't do industry standard right now. It's fantastic. I personally love it. It's not the greatest thing ever made, but it's a breath of fresh air right now in this world of delays and, and issues and component shortages uh, a, a very welcomed guest to the uh guest never mind uh powerhouse in the e-reader world that's my take i can't hear anything has everyone left me no i can hear you okay <laughs> it was like three seconds no chat no feedback i'm like um hello yeah yeah it, uh big me's fantastic really really cool units in fact big me white labels their stuff out to other people like bokeen and note and pine note um and other companies like that because uh big me themselves make the units in-house so that's kind of cool okay so what, what's okay it. so big me has a lot of products um and their latest generation yeah. uh all support English. So we only stand behind a few of them just because there's so many out there that like, what's the, what, so what's the many. point of reviewing them all? If it's like, if they have yeah. three different 10.3 inch devices with like middling hardware specs, you know, what's the point? We're going to focus on specific yeah. ones, but they only have one 13.3 inch device. And in the world of like digital note taking devices, there really isn't a lot of 13.3s out there. There's the Quark Logic Paper, no front light, no color, color temperature system. It's basically the same as the Sony Digital Paper, uh, the 13.3 that's like five years ago. Um, so there's that. But there's also, um, you know, uh, the Fujitsu Quaderno. Yes, no, they have a 13.3 inch, uh, the A4, uh, no front light, no color temperature system, great writing experience because it, it's using Ian Carta 1250 for the display. So there's like, you know, the latency is like less than 20 milliseconds from pen to pen to screen. So that has a tremendous amount going for it. But the Big Me, I think, is better value than the Onyx Books Max Lumi 2 because of like the the crazy specs so it's an octa-core processor six gigs of ram 120 gigs of internal storage it's running android 11 as the operating system right now and it's running english it has like an android like support for side-loaded apps so you could install your own side loaded apps or alternative app stores like the Amazon app store, get jar, you know, any of those types of things. Uh, you know, is a dual microphone array for um, translations for up to 20, uh, 27 different dialects and 20 different languages with an accuracy rate of about 98%. It's, it's phenomenal. I mean, dual speakers, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. I mean, this thing has it all. And it's better hardware than the Lumi 2. So the only advantage I think that the Lumi 2 has is 
a better brand name that has like a better track record in the e-ink industry as well as it ships with google play and google play unfortunately yeah yeah uh you know if you had if the lumi one existed alongside the big x6 i would say the lumi one's a little bit of a better deal because you get a hdmi port on it where you can um the big doesn't have that but neither does the lumi 2 anymore the lumi 2 got rid of the hdmi capabilities of any kind so they're pretty much on the same level playing field in fact the big newer and just more beefy so that's probably why um the uh the x6 is like yeah that's the way to go right now it's it's a it's a it's a monster in the industry it's pretty crazy stuff Uh, yeah, your camera's like kind of okay. glitching out, so it's like it's oh. coming in at like like three eighty four by something. Oh, I didn't change any settings. Either way, um, there was another. Uh, yeah, someone says Peter has. Oh, you said that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, there was another unit that just came out. Um, that is. Not not super amazing, but it it's interesting in its own regard because it's a four inch four point seven. The Y Ben. This is little tiny retro looking thing with like a bunch of buttons on it, and it's running an e paper screen and it's micro and it's micro price too. It's only like one hundred and thirty dollars or something like one hundred twenty dollars. So uh, that that's a very interesting one as well. It's not gonna you know turn the tables and make uh, you know stir up the industry but it is definitely interesting how more and more small screen e-readers have been popping up than than ever basically you know two generations of ink palm a bunch of a5 uh, high sense devices um uh and now a, a y-ben small e-reader the m5 stack dev kit five inch so it's like you know small e-readers are not making a resurgence but as niche as it already is of an industry it's interesting to see like a more selection than we've ever seen uh yeah so i mean with the y band it's like it's like four inches like it's super small it doesn't have a touch screen it doesn't have a frontlet display it's not running android or linux but it's a bright bubbly interface you can control it with yeah. like buttons so like with a lot of people were kind of saying like that it's great for kids because it's like there's no way they're gonna break this thing it's like it's made <laughs> yeah. to last so it's it's the yeah. type of thing where like an e-ink display like for kids but you know for grown-ups they can find value in it too if you want something ultra portable that like fits like in your jeans pocket like you know how like That's jeans small. pockets have like the small little thing that change can be put in or they put their ipods and stuff in you have your main pocket then you have like the mini pocket in the mini pocket that's where the y-bend would like fit in so <laughs> it's it's like it's that it's that small so we have an unboxing video on our youtube channel you guys could uh take a look at that and uh, see if it provides any value of it you know it's like a little over a hundred bucks so it's not like cheap as hell but it's it's not bad yeah so is there any questions in the chat for us uh no they're talking amongst themselves and we've uh actually dropped half people because of our little um issue there so we when we restarted not everyone carried over but uh that that's everything for now i think there's just some small things like the glego watch and uh you know garmin instinct and stuff like that but uh, that's just all going to come with time e-paper e watches kind of on the up and up um we have a contest right now on our channel for a kindle supplied to us from amazon thank you very much for that and um that's pretty much it on the production 
production side slash sample side, we're just going to get the Nova Air C in and um, I think some more Goyus and Big Me's and stuff like that. But otherwise, uh, that should be it. Yeah, so that's what we have looking forward to for this week. Uh, Peter has a few smartwatches. He's going to review some of like the uh reviews for like the other e-readers that we have that we haven't really done reviews yet so uh stay tuned to our youtube channel at youtube.com slash goody reader for all of the e-ink news reviews unboxings and comparisons so you can check out peter and his team on what they're doing on our youtube channel uh for from the latest news and uh you know industry insider information you can check out what we're doing on our website at goodyreader.com that's our online destination we publish anywhere between three and five articles per day every single day even on weekends so you can get uh your latest fix on what's coming out what you know some of the news that we're hearing from the upstream supply chain we ask questions um you know will you buy this are you not interested in that that's where we broke like the forma news so you could really get a lot of uh, good value if you follow the e-paper industry the e-reader industry digital signage uh or even just like a passing interest in you know what's what's amazon doing with the kindle this year what's what's barnes and noble going to do what's what's kobo going to do or insert your favorite e-reader brand here you know so we report on that every week so thanks for listening everyone and you've been watching the goody reader radio show live on youtube and on uh various podcasting networks such as apple music tune in spotify apple podcasts and a whole lot more so this has been michael and this is this guy in the black shirt his name is oh uh because i didn't know what you were leading me into oh yes this is this is peter